Hi there and welcome along to the On The Whistle podcast, your home for African football news. We hope we become your destination for all the latest news, analysis and big name interviews concerning Africa. I'm your host Zain Nabi, so let me quickly run you through what you can expect today. In the first half of our show, we discuss what Mo Salah needs to do to become the best player in the world. And this is followed up with an interview with Benny McCarthy. The Bafana Bafana legend talks to me about his favourite memories and the two Brazilians he admired from afar while playing professionally. But firstly, we have a lively panel discussion, analysing what Mo Salah needs to do to surpass Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo in his quest to be the world's number one player. Joining me on the panel this week is Courtney Fries, who won the Premier Soccer League in South Africa with the Mighty Mourners Manning Rangers back in 1996. Sitting next to him is Egyptian football expert Ahmed Youssef, who is the editor of the popular website kingfoot.com. And rounding out our back four is sports media executive Francis Nguyen, who also founded the annual Best of Africa Awards. All right, let's get the party started. Enjoy the debate. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome. Ahmed, no better place to start than with you. Can you give me your favorite Mohamed Salah memory? Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's probably not too difficult to think of as an Egyptian fan what his favorite memory. It's got to be the winning World Cup goal, uh, World Cup qualifying goal in 2018 in October. Um, and yeah, it was one of those moments where so Egypt um, needed to score one goal to qualify for the World Cup, and uh, well, we needed to win the game. Uh, we were winning until the 87th minute when um, a mistake from El Mohamedi at the back post and uh, we conceded and it was the, the most awkward silence you could ever imagine. We waited 28 years and there was me and my uh, on the dinner table with my family and I've never seen my dad react so negatively to a goal before. Um, <laughs> and, and this is what kind of su- summarises uh, Salah as a person. Um, all the players with heads down, you know, all the fans with their heads down. But if there was a very famous clip of him, he was the only, he, you know, he got onto the floor, got up, started slapping himself, started shouting and rallying the players. So that's what summarises him. In the lowest of moments, after that such disappointment, he continued on. There was only seven minutes to play and miraculously we managed to get that penalty. And then he obviously converted with the pressure of not only 80,000 people in Satan, but 80 million people watching at home. And that for me summarises what kind of what he's about. You've explained that so vividly. I can see the picture in my head and I can see what he means to you and the Egyptian public. Courtney Francis, do you guys have favourite memories? Maybe not Francis because of his Manchester United allegiances. But I'm an African. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. And Courtney, as a Liverpool supporter, is it at national or club level that that you remember? When this guy's name comes up, I think of Kenny Dalglish, I think of Graeme Souness, I think of Steven Gerrard, I think of Ian Rush, I think of John Aldridge, and he has surpassed them. Those are legends of that club. That is a very big Their statement. Their names are chiseled into that into the walls of that club. You've got to back Mohammed up Salah has surpassed him in terms of his statistics, his goals ratio, and he didn't go to that club as a striker. And that's the other thing. This is a player who um, we are luck- lucky to have, who's producing unbelievable stats. And um, I, the thing that I like about him, he looks like just a humble human. 
That's the thing I like about him. His footballing powers are one thing. He just looks like a humble guy. And I, I'm happy for his success because his success radiance our African what is happening for us. I'm happy with it. You're, you're nodding. A Manchester United fan is nodding to what a Liverpool fan says. Francis and Quain, open it up. Yeah, I think Mo Salah is one of the greats of the game and we're truly privileged in the Premier League. Last year would be, um, I mean, it's a little bit biased, my, my take on it. But my joy at the end of the season was that we had the golden boot shared by three Africans. Never happened before. Probably might never happen again. But it was truly remarkable, the camaraderie with which they actually celebrated. There wasn't a rivalry amongst them. You weren't picking up some stories about, oh, I need a score to be better than this guy. They were happily grateful to lift a continent that high in that moment. But my moment for me was actually in 2017 in Gabon. <laughs> and uh, it was actually a defeat to <laughs> to Egypt. The only defeat <laughs> of the whole tournament. Hey, yeah. I, I, must, I must hold it. But it was, again, it was the character of the man in that moment that I genuinely appreciated. He was... What's the word they say in good English? Magnanimous in defeat? Or Magnanimous, something? yeah. That's right. And he... Not bad for a Frenchman. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely adjective. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely adjective. And he fated the success of a young Cameroonian team that nobody expected to be victorious on that particular day. And he played really well and he'd done his bit. But even in defeat... He already demonstrated how great a man he was. He wasn't. Mm. He w he didn't make any excuses in any of his interviews. He gave the players their moment and said, "We'll catch you on the rebound." And you, you got that feeling, and I liked that about him. So it, whilst he does magic on the pitch, I think there is something about his package that I think is really refreshing for this time, and the fact that it hails from our continent. Is a beautiful addition to the game. Yeah, you're completely right. I think that loss, and not just not just that loss, maybe also the um, losing the Af uh, the Champions League uh, final to Real Madrid. You see in his face that that incites you know that gets that determination in him. He just his you, that's a, an angry man who's gonna who's gonna w go home, work hard, and win something. That's what he has about him. That that grit, that determination. But then on the other hand, he's not you know. He, he's a nice player. He's not like a, a Suarez who players don't want to speak to, don't want to play with. He he is a, a genuine, humble human person. And you know, if you had the privilege of meeting him, he genuinely is not just like that on the cameras. It's that's what he's like behind the scenes. He is interested in you. He's interested in your life. He's you know he's a real person. And I think if anything I could take off him is how he acts. you know, as a human being, that is a fantastic thing to to take from him. Have you had the opportunity to meet him yet, Ahmed? Yeah, so I, yeah, I've met him once. So well, if, and and take us to what yeah, that experience was so like with the man. Obviously, like you, yeah, you. It's 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 one of those things. You know, for me, he's one of my idols. Going to meet him and he genuinely makes you feel at ease. He's feels interested in your life, asking questions about your life. It's, you didn't feel like it was a a one way thing. You felt you know. This is a this is a lovely guy. Made jokes, you know, made jokes about Egypt, made jokes about just general things, and he is a, a yeah, a genuinely nice person. And um, yeah, you could tell he was very competitive. He was playing a, a game of chess um, with uh, Sam Morsi, the other Egyptian player on our flight, and 
you could both of them were very competitive. It's a game of chess, but that shows what he is about. And that's, I think that's, that's brilliant. That's all he cares about: winning whatever it, whatever it is. And so, yeah. Uh, Ahmed, I want you to tell us a little bit about um, Mo's backstory. Started in Egypt, went to Basel. I was reading an article recently where the coaches on their first day thought he was so bad they'd signed his twin brother. Yeah, so um, just just before he went to Basel, he was playing in Malakoun, um, which is what's called Arab contractors in, uh, in Egypt. And for him initially as a, as a youngster, that was a, a four and a half hour journey to train every day. That shows how committed he was. Um, mm. and, and the same with Elneny because they were in the exact same boat. They took the same club in Egypt, both went to Basel. The way he went to Basel was um, he was a part of the Egyptian under-23 team. They played a friendly against the uh, FC Basel's under-23 in Basel and they liked him, um, gave him a, a week trial there. And as you mentioned, first few days, they thought that it was a twin. Apparently he wasn't really, you know, wasn't really there and uh, it could be down to nerves, they said. But on the third day, they said somebody new had turned up and that's exactly what they signed. And, and they signed that fast that, that, that really athletic, that hard-working player, which they must have seen. Um, and then he kind of had a couple of seasons in Basel. Um, one, you know, Basel were always winning the league, so it kind of uh, continued continued that. And as an Egyptian looking at Basel, you could see there was some potential there. Um, you have to also thank you know Bob Bradley, who was one of the main reasons he even you know got into the Egypt scene and, and got that that limelight was because of the American coach used yep. to coach at Egypt yep and he was a, a great manager at, at finding he's heavily hated in Egypt now for what happened against Ghana but he was one of the, the you know one good thing to take about him he found Salah and he was one who developed him then yeah um, from 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 Basel um, you know famously kind of went to Chelsea but the interesting thing about that was he was about to sign for Liverpool that was kind of he was on his way to Liverpool and Mourinho called him up and said I want you. And when Mourinho does that, you kind of... Of course. You know, uh, it, that's, that's it, really. Even Francis would sign for Chelsea. I did. He's <laughs> <laughs> <As> a cleaner. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess um, he went to Chelsea and it just didn't really work, kind of work out there. Maybe didn't get the, or clearly didn't get the opportunity. Played a handful of games there. And um, could it be down you know, to Mourinho's tactics? He wasn't the only player who didn't get the chance. Look at Kevin De Bruyne, where he's gone now at Man City. So... Um, yeah, I think he, he didn't he didn't get that chance. And, and and would it be fair to say Roma a decent player, but not an outstanding player? I I wouldn't say. I'd say there were spikes of more than a decent player, mm -hmm. but there it was, wasn't consistent. Yes, and to be honest, the most Salah story is about timing. It's all about timing. He 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 almost needed that Chelsea experience. Because those are the cuts that will help him develop moving forward. Those are the bruises because it's not an easy... He needed that four-hour trip. And I almost, I'm almost embarrassed when I read that article about the Basel manager because it shows the naivety of the manager. Is the guy supposed to come here, his first European club, first day, and be this world-class star? Hey, the boy may have been away from his own first time in his life. You know, what about the food? What about the accommodation? The what about the fact that he's maybe his prayers are not happening the way he wants? All those things need so that that comment that article by that guy I just took with a pinch of salt. You know, give the man a bit more respect, yeah. But it's also the the nature of of the game. Yeah, you he, know, it, the challenges that African players face when they move very little space is yeah. given to their humanity, yeah. and so you're given these even the idea of trials. It's something that is, it's not the exclusive preserve of the African player, but that a talent like Salah gets a week's trial, a week in which you 
prove anybody who knows anything about football will see the guy and be able to say, you know what, I can take a punt on you or not. From a game or two. His talent was And in two days you want to make a decision? Come you know. And the Mourinho thing, what I was gonna speak about was like, you see, moments, opportunities, these things you can't force them. Players peak when they peak. It's a very easy pop shot to make at a Mourinho and say, hey, but you had this guy and you had Scherler and you had De Bruyne and you didn't, they didn't make it under you. He still was the one who put in the phone call and stopped the move to Liverpool so he'd seen something. Mm -hmm. So why don't you give yeah. him credit for having seen you, that? You can't look back in hindsight and Salah was a different player then. He was much Completely. skinnier. He was a smaller boy, he was a, less experienced. Salah now, is, you can say he's, he's, he's small in size but he is so strong. The way he can hold up the top defenders, yes. Harry, he turned around Harry Maguire. doesn't Maguiar. lose the ball. He, he is so strong. He's a, he's a complete player, and that's what he developed. He knew he had to work on his strength. And the main thing he had to work on when he, you know, when he, before he came back to, to Liverpool um, was his finishing. He used to get in unbelievable positions, and his biggest criticism is he couldn't finish. Still has a slight issue now. He's not hundred, if his conversion rate was high, he, you know, you'd be talking about him with better than Messi and, and Ronaldo. But that's what he's, he's improved on. But this is on. the greatest challenge of most African players. Gentlemen, I think it's a good time to bring in some comments from our, our, our viewers or our listeners. That's a better way to describe. We're a podcast. Um, this is from LaShawn Rose, who is from South Africa. Mo Salah was not rated at Chelsea. He's clearly now excelling at Liverpool. What exactly was the turning point for Salah? You've briefly touched on it, Ahmed, the bulking up, the getting in shape, getting stronger. But what was it that took him to that 40-plus goal season? I think one thing we could forget about at Roma was that uh, in one, at one stage, him and Dzeko had the highest combined goals in, in Europe as a, as a mm -hmm. partnership. So he, he developed alongside Dzeko and you have to you know, hand it to him. Mm -hmm. They were a force and uh, they were in the playing you know, in the Champions League and really you know, impressing there. So it, I don't think it was, a, it was a flick of a switch. I think we might have forgotten about him because he left from the Premier League and went through a different route and he worked hard at Fiorentina before that, we don't forget, and, and those two years at, at Roma. So it was all a work in progress. And I, I still think to this day, even he, when he went to Liverpool on that first day, didn't know what he was going to do. It was a surprise to him. And, and this is why the manager, at the end of the day, become successful because you get these players that are almost going to pop and then you make them world-class players and this is what Jurgen Klopp has done you know he's taken very good players Salah came back to the Premier League a good player but he's made him better than a good player and it's just Jurgen Klopp has got Mohamed Salah at the right time in his life you can't blame Mourinho for he had because Salah wasn't providing that type of ability and that type of success when he was at Chelsea. Uh, you don't know what opportunities he's had, but now at Liverpool, he's got a manager that believes in him and has, and Salah is at the right stage in his life to produce what he's doing. You never know what might have happened had he mm. performed well at Chelsea, Chelsea. for one year and yeah. then gone on to the bench and you know, could be playing in a, in a random league now. You never Most know. Most importantly, injury. You know, this is something nobody ever subscribes for. If he'd had one bad cruciate knee injury mm -hmm. and never was able to come back from it. All he had was it, the shoulder. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of things, it's a lot of injury prone, luck. You're right. Some people are, 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 dare I say, men of destiny. Mm -hmm. And I think he is one of those. Players that just at the right moment, it's like we celebrate a club. I'm a Man United fan who 
loves what Klopp is doing. But what I love about it is I'm able to also contextualize and say he's able to put together pieces at the right time and the right way. And mm -hmm. it's his orchestration that gets the best out of these people at this point in time. It's not his genius. He's not finding Salah when Salah was 12 and saying, let's invest in him and bring him over. Let's groom him for 10 years and get it right. Just things have aligned beautifully for him. But another coach would be unable to use these tools in the right way. Mm -hmm. And he is able to. So we have a comment from Kareem in uh, New Zealand. Kareem is an Egyptian football fan. Let's uh, have a listen to what he has to say. Mo Salah is uh, is a case study, really. Uh, I mean, just recently, they, uh, there's an article about him, a piece about his former coach who brought him into Europe, who thought in the first two days of training that they had brought his twin. So he was so he was he was that bad. Um, I, I think his, he's very professional. His ability to adapt to new cultures, I think, is key, especially coming from North Africa. Um, uh, where you'd, people in general would rather stay there, especially in Egypt. They'd rather stay in Egypt than go abroad. Egyptians are not adventurous by nature, so that's what makes him even more special. Um, and uh, he, he's very, very technical, and he likes to improve on his technicality, and that's also something good. He, he understands the game very well, and he's extremely fast. Um, and, and he's willing to work and improve himself, and we can see that under Jurgen Klopp. Um, will he ever win the Ballon d'Or? I think it will be very difficult as long as Messi and Ronaldo uh, are still playing. I just want to pick up on the back end of um, Karim's comment. We've been through his backstory. We've spoken about the article, the strengths and the weaknesses of his first move to Basel. But I want to throw out some statistics to you, gentlemen. This is compiled over the last two years. When you compare Salah to Ronaldo and Messi... Messi has scored the most goals in the last two seasons, 96 goals. Ronaldo is second with 72, and Salah is third with 71. It's an amazing strike rate. Considering he plays in England, considering he is a winger, do you not think those statistics show that this is a man who could be the first African to win the Ballon d'Or since George Weah? I will also say those other two guys are not strikers as well. Yeah. They're not strikers. Those but other two guys the teams are built around them. Barcelona around them. is built around Messi. Yes. And Real well, Madrid well, and Juventus. That's no disadvantage to Salah or an advantage to. The, the, those are the tools those other two players have as well. Um, but those are abnormal players. Messi and Ronaldo. I, I, Salah is on the path to be able to maybe shift them but those are abnormal statistics. If you can compare him with Messi, Salah's individual contribution to his team has been far greater in my in my perspective than Messi. Messi is a better player, mm -hmm. far better player, but his contribution to that Barcelona side has been helped by his teammates, where I think Salah has, you know, if you're going to compare his team with him, he's, he's stepped up a bit more. The problem with him being considered for, a, for, the, for the Ballon d'Or is I also think it goes back down to it, the, the the perception but the Ballon d'Or now is all about media hype and, and what he's viewed and but if we're going to talk progress in that same team I have the 
slight opinion that Mane actually had a better season last year than Salah. I, agree. I can agree. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. And so if it's a question about that, then we could be opening up a whole different type of conversation. No, here. But I understand, I I understand what you mean. What's it going to take for him to, to win the Ballon d'Or? For those two to retire from the game yeah. and create space for others. I, I, because what they're doing is, abnormal. and they're able to repeat mm. this season after season for the last 10, 15 years. That has put them in the bracket of their own. And so we leave them alone and we say, who are the successors? And if it's amongst the contenders, then we can say, okay, Mo is making a pretty decent case. But what football has taught us because of Ronaldo and Messi is that the level of consistency now is no longer two years. It's can you do it over five? Can you do it over 10? Can you do it over 15? These two have. They've created a precedent that because they played at the same time too, maybe this is the awakening of that and you could have two players in Mane and Salah at the same club who start their own competition. And that could be something really interesting. And that's what I was trying to speak to. That all of a sudden now you have these two guys with top goal scorers for the league in the same club. Aubameyang and another. So in the same way Real Madrid and Barcelona's competition sparked something between those two, these two might be vying for the affection of Liverpool fans and that sparks a new race for them where they say last year we did 22 I want 25 this year for myself and the other guy says I want 26 and then they end up hitting 40 apiece as a Man United supporter I'd be in pain but it'd be a joy to watch <laughs> you, <laughs> better, you better go find a band-aid <laughs> we, 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 we're fast running out of time and Francis I wanted to ask you we heard Courtney speak earlier of where he thinks Salah ranks among the Liverpool legends when you compare Salah where he is and where he could get to, do you think we'll remember him like a Samuel Eto'o, a Didier Drogba, a Yaya Torre? Will he be one of those African legends? I think he already deserves to be called in, or his name to be cited amongst those for what he's already done. But I think he needs some domestic league wins as well. It's one of the, the things that comes with the territory. And then winning something with Egypt of course, would also help to further entrench him into the psyche of his nation and African football overall. Which is a perfect time to bring Ahmed back in. Ahmed, like Lionel Messi at Argentina, does Mo Salah have to win something with Egypt to be considered a true legend? Uh, I don't think he necessarily needs to win anything um, for Egypt. Uh, I think, as you mentioned before, he has to win a, a domestic league, and whether that's him staying in Liverpool or maybe going to Barcelona or Real Madrid to, to do that, um, which might even help him with the Ballon d'Or, you know, is his case there. Um, he has to win a, a domestic t uh, league title. When it comes to Egypt, um, it's, it's very difficult to say. I think uh, he doesn't need to do that to be regarded as one of the greatest Egyptian players, but it is something that's still missing from his, you know, in his in his pocket, really. Um, you look at Egypt had a lot of success in the last... You know, in the in the um, t uh, 2006 2010, winning it three, winning Africa Cup of Nations three times, so there's a lot of players in Egypt who are very highly regarded by Egyptian fans. If he is going to be for as an Egyptian, you know that number one, maybe above Abu, Abu Treka, or he has to kind of show at least that he wants to win something for Egypt. And that's the the, the slight thing that I have is that he's had a lot of trouble with the 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 national team, which isn't his fault, but he needs to show the fans that he wants to do something for Egypt. Okay, guys. Final words from everyone. We'll start with you, Courtney. Do you think Mohamed Salah can win the Ballon d'Or one day? Give us an answer and give us a reason and we'll go around the panel. In order to win the Ballon d'Or, he may have to leave Liverpool. So that is a yes. 
he may need to go to uh, Barcelona or uh, Real Madrid where the media will help him win it. The, uh, the other elements in the equation, the, the, the more intricate players are there in order to provide him to hit the stats that Messi and Ronaldo are producing. So in a simple, yes, he can. But uh, I, I said this with a very sore heart, he may need to leave my club in order to. Francis. I agree with Brother Courtney on that one. Um, but I don't, I, I agree that he can win, but I don't think he has to leave Liverpool because as hard as it is for me to say, I do think Liverpool have hit a little sweet spot. And in that sweet spot, they can only add two. And bizarrely, they're the kind of team where, don't get me wrong, if a Messi was to move somewhere else to have one final challenge in a competitive league beyond a, let me go retire in America or China, Liverpool is that club at this point in time. So it's also the recruitment policy of Liverpool could help him get there. Because the fact that a, a person like uh, your defender, why am I forgetting Virgil his name? Van Dijk is being cited as a contender, whilst a Liverpool player. It's also about how much is spent on you, what you earn, the packaging and everything. And I got to see the power of this guy in Egypt during the African Cup of Nations. His face was everywhere with every brand you could think of. Marketing has a big part to do with it. Liverpool is a good marketing club. They have the necessary tools. They have the friends in the media who can amplify what it is he does on the pitch. But they're in a sweet spot. And right there, I think if they add to their talent pool, they could help him get there quick. We all know there's such a thing called Fergie time, but on this po this podcast, I think we'll call it Francis time because that was not a quick yes or no and a reason. But Ahmed, Francis, sorry, firstly, thank you for that insight. Ahmed, we'll give you the final word. Can he win the Ballon d'Or and give us a reason, yes or no? I'll keep it quick and short. He can win it. Um, he can win it at Liverpool or he can win it at Barcelona. And I think it, it all depends about whether Liverpool, if he stays at Liverpool, if they win the league and they can, you know, they can do a Barcelona, they can dominate European football for the next couple of years. He can win it through Liverpool. If he decides to go to Barcelona, he could replace Messi and he could win it that way. So either way, he can win it. Will he actually win it? I, I'm not too sure. My prediction is he'll win it in two years' time when Messi and Ronaldo spend forces. He gets the Cup of Nations with Egypt and he top scores in the Premier League. Place your bets. You heard it here first. Gentlemen, thank you for a very lively discussion. It's been fun. Thank you, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thank, thank you. you. So what's your take, guys? Can Mo Salah become the best player in the world? Hit me up on our Facebook page, On The Whistle Podcast, and let's take this debate global. Now, before we go, here's our interview with Benny McCarthy. Benny, we're going to end on something lighthearted, so I just want quick, short answers from you. I'm going to fire a whole bunch of penalties at you, and I just want quick, the first thing that enters your head. Firstly, Benny, why do you love football? It's all I know. Which is your favourite city in the world to visit and play football? Barcelona. Why? Um, it's got the sun, it's got sea, it's a beautiful city, and... Um, it's got one of the best football teams in the world there, so, yeah. Who's the one person you can't go a day without texting or calling, and why do you contact that person or message them? 
Oh, my wife, she will beat my ass if I miss one day. Why are you proud to be African? Um, it's my heritage because I was born in this country and I couldn't see myself being born anywhere else than where I'm from. So that's why I'm proud to wear African on my head and my heart and, sl and my heart on my sleeve. If Percy Tao asked you for any tips about playing in Europe, what would you say to him? Just keep doing what you're doing now. Um, he's doing amazing and I think he's, he'll get his, eventually he'll get his move to the Premier League, but don't change anything about him. Um, then he must just stay humble as he is now and stay grounded and keep working on keeping the hardest working player in his team because all oh, that it tells because you see he's fastly improved so yeah I wouldn't tell him really to change much about him who's your favorite player of all time and why <sighs> damn my favorite player of all time will have to be Ronaldo de Nascimento Lima the phenomenon. The phenomenon. El um, Yeah, I think he was my generation. Well, Romario was my generation too. So I loved Romario, but I think when Ronaldo came on the show, he was, he, that's why he's a phenomenal, you know, um, defines what being a striker was about. And not just scoring goals, but playing beautiful football. And... Yeah, and he always played with a smile on his face because he couldn't close his mouth. His teeth was that big. <laughs> so he always had a smile on his face. But I think, yeah, for me, he was one of the most incredible footballers of all time that I've seen. And I was playing in Spain at the time when he was at Barcelona. And uh, the goal... Santiago de Compostela, I could not believe what he just done there. Where he scored that wonder goal for Bobby Robson. Where he picked up mm -hmm. the ball on the mm -hmm. halfway line and wow, three, four players hanging on him, pulling him and he just, and he's a 19 year old or 20 year old kid, 21. Like it was beyond belief and, and I think, yeah, what he's done for football, for me, at that time, he woke me up. And wanting to be like that because we were like a year or two years apart from each other. So, yeah. And he's just my all-time, my all-time best football player. Our full interview with Benny will be coming out in two weeks in our next podcast. You won't want to miss it as he talks about his early days playing in Cape Town's gangster leagues, his coaching ambitions, and of course about his relationship with the special one, Jose Mourinho. But for now, that's all we have time for. All our key information is in the show notes, so do get in touch. If you like what we're doing, please do subscribe, leave a rating and comment, and let us know what you'd like to hear about in future episodes. As we hit full-time this week, we leave you with the sounds of Highlands FC in South Africa. All the best. Salagashle.